0: Good morning, Second Service. How's everybody doing? Let's wave to all our live streamers and the people who are upstairs. Great to have you here. How's your summer going? Yeah, fast. Almost through June, it's crazy. Uh, you guys get mosquitoes yet? Whatever you're doing to not get them, please show me how, because they're all living in my house, man. It is crazy. All right, all right. Well, it is good. I actually, I also have these like huge, um, it's like an infestation of caterpillars, and they are eating all my oak trees. And a lot of my oak trees, all the leaves are missing now. They're just up there munching. And I know it's a little gross, but uh, when you step outside, you hear sh- 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 sounds like it's raining. It sounds beautiful, but what's actually the sound is their little droppings are falling and hitting the, le- the leaves below, and that's what you're hearing. So it's like not fun at all. But, anyways. Uh, If you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you need a pen, hold up a couple fingers. Ushers will get that to you. Well, guys, today is Father's Day. And so to begin with, uh, I want to take some time to address the, the fathers in the room and those who are watching on live stream. But before I do so, I thought it would be cool to just hear from some of you in the room. Of what is the most special thing that you love about your father? What is a, a really cool thing that stood out to you about your father, either his character or his personality? Uh, what was it? Okay, so I'm going to, Kirk, are you in the room? No? I'm gonna turn my mic off and we'll just go with this. Is that okay to do that? No. no. It's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel, Rachel, you are going to be the runner. Okay, give it up for Rachel. Okay, let's go to this section over here. The young man there with the red and blue stripe, right there, Mr. Josh. It's you. Quit acting like I'm not pointing at you. Josh, what is something that one good thing about your father that you love? Uh, my my dad. Well, I will talk about my stepdad. My dad and my stepdad. I appreciate my dad um, just taking the time to always be there. Um, Even though family stuff didn't work out, he still was a part of our lives. And my stepdad, he had a 16-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son, and he married my mom when I was five and my sister was eight. So he reset the parenting clock and took two kids on, and I really appreciate that about him. Very cool. All right, now, don't take it away. There's a son sitting right next to him. Let's see what he thinks about his dad. (laughs) What do you think about your dad, bud? Just say one nice thing about him. Um, that, um, I like to spend time with him. Oh, that's cool. Great. All right, let's get in the back. Mr. Guy with the sunglasses hanging on his shirt, looking all GQ there. What's one thing you like about your dad, loved about your dad? Um, their humor. The humor? Yeah. Okay, very cool. All right, let's go over here into this section in the back here. Uh, back row with the hat on. There you go. Eli, make it good. He's here. I don't know. There's so much. Oh, that was good. No, I, I, I think uh, my dad treats everyone the same, and he gives everyone the same amount of uh, appreciation and gratitude that they deserve. So. Awesome. Well done, Eli. All right, come on up here, and we're going to ask Lynn, you tell us something about your dad that you love. Well, interesting you should ask that, because I was thinking my dad was actually an atheist. He was Devious? A, yes, he oh, really? was not a believer. But when I met Daryl, he knew this was the best man for me, and he always encouraged me to pursue him. And he said, Leonard, play your cards right and get this man. <laughs> and he helped me so much with so many conflicts that went on with the rest of my family so that Daryl and I could be together. That's so awesome. for all you young people, God can work through your parents even if they don't believe. That's right. All right, we have an arm raised here. Does he want to share? Just hand it down. The thing I really appreciate about my dad is that I, no one else, no one ever heard him say anything that was unkind or disrespectful about my mother. He always referred to her by her name he always spoke of her and treated her very well. That's uh, awesome. And I can't think of a better example. That's cool. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. I'm gonna do your sister. So you'd say one nice thing about your dad. He's sitting right there, so make it awesome. Well, he stepped up to the plate when my birth father did not, so. That's Thank cool. You. Good job, George. All right, uh, let's do that section back there. We have someone raising their hand, so they're ready. I can't see distances, so I have no idea who it is. Um, Something cool about my dad was, he was really good at Super Mario 3. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) something good. All right, give it up for the fathers here. Thank you, Rachel, for coming up here. We'll put it up here. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well done guys, great hearing from all of you. Uh, fathers, listen, you, whether you like it or not, you're the leaders in your family. And so I encourage you to step up into that role that God has given you to be leaders in your family. Uh, your family needs you to lead. Uh, your children watch you whether you know it or not. And so uh, make sure that what they're watching is what you want them to grow up into. Uh, You demonstrate to your children how a man is to treat a woman. Kind of like what Jonathan shared there. They are watching you how you treat your wife. And uh, they're going to grow up into that kind of person. So make sure you you do it well. Uh, You demonstrate to your children what a man or woman of God is. And so show them that example. Show them what that means. Um, You, fathers, are the strong men in your household. If the enemy wants to take out your family, he has to come through you first. And so you stand guard at that doorway, and you fight, and you protect your family because your family needs that. Fathers, we are all men in the trenches, so let's join arms and and let's fight the fight before us. Let's take the role of fatherhood seriously. Um, It is a sobering job, and what I have come to find out is that it is a job that never ends until we die. So keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Um, It is a also, it's not only a sobering job, but it's a glorious job. So let's honor God, fathers, amen? Amen. Fathers, if I can get you to stand up where you're at, I want to pray for you and just bless you. If you have a father standing next to you, I just want you to reach out, place your hand on them, and doesn't matter if you know them or not, but let's just all uh, just lift up the fathers in our midst, okay? Heavenly Father, I... I want to thank you for every man standing right now, those who are watching live stream, those who are upstairs in in the loft. God, you knit them together in their mother's womb, and you've raised them into the men they are today. God, the job that has been placed on them is a staggering job, and they cannot do it alone. They need your help. They need your power. They need your wisdom. And so, God, I pray that you would pour that out on them in huge measure. And I pray that as they leave this building today, may they feel and understand how loved they are by you. And may they go forth into the circles of their kingdom, and may they shine as bright lights. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it be so. Amen. Amen. Let's give a big round of applause to our fathers. All right, everyone. Today we start Family Sunday series. Okay, this is a tradition that this church uh, began. Hold on. My series is starting up here on my thing here. <clears throat> uh, this is something, a tradition we started uh, back when I first became senior pastor, so it's been going on for about 17 years now. Um, and what we do is we invite all the children from upstairs in the classrooms, they come down into the sanctuary and they join, join us, they, they worship with us, they learn with us, they pray with us, and, and I think it's a very important thing for children to do with their parents. Uh, it's great for children to see their parents worshiping, to see their parents uh, um, learning and, and praying. They learn from you, parents, and so it's a wonderful time to do this together. Now, having said that, we kind of changed the format up a little bit in our Family Sunday series compared to what we normally do when it's just the adults in here. Uh, we, we gear the sermon towards a, lot, a lot towards the kids. Uh, We want it to be exciting, challenging, and interesting to the children as they learn. I don't know about the rest of you, but when I grew up and I had to sit next to my parents in the church sanctuary listening to the sermon, um, I was super bored. I mean, the guy would be like, hearken unto thee, let's turn to Isaiah, and it was just on and on, and I'd fall asleep, and mom would elbow me, like, wake up, honey, wake up, and so I'd have to sit and listen, and I'd be thinking about everything, but, so we want to try to gear these sermons so that kids engage, okay, that's what we want to do. So, like I said, we will do things different, and I say this every year because I think it's important, it is okay for us to have fun in our church service, Amen. It's okay for us to do that. Church is not required to be boring, okay? We can have fun. We can do activities. It's not wrong, okay? So give yourself permission to have fun this summer while at church, okay? We will probably be doing some skits, some silly things. I'll be throwing some candy. We will, this church is famous for the candy throwing, so just know that. Uh, we'll, We'll be having quizzes and things like that. So that's okay. Let's have fun and let's learn, okay? Everybody cool with that? So, to begin with, let's start out with a quiz. And you're like, wait a minute, Luke, we haven't even studied anything yet. Well, let's see how good your memory is from last summer. (laughs) You're like, Luke, I don't remember what was talked about last Sunday, let alone last summer. But this section right here, does anybody know what was the character in the Bible that we talked about? Who was it? David. David. Well done, bud. David, it was the life of a king. Okay, this section right here. Can you tell me what was David's birth order amongst all of his brothers? Where did he fall into birth order? Anybody raise your hands. Hunter? Last. Well done, bud. Okay. This section right here. This is a tough one, so I need someone to be smart and really remember. What was the name of the giant David fought? Hey, there we go. We got a little guy in orange. All right, ready? Can you catch it? Goliath. Very good. <laughs> I love it. Clark's like, what? who was it? Okay, this section right here. What was the name of the king that was chasing David all over the place? I saw your hand first. What? Saul. Good job. All right. Okay, now this is open to anybody. This is a tough one. What was the name of the desert? that David ran around in and hid from King Saul. Oh, stumped you, didn't I? This was like the most life-changing fact you could have walked away with, and you forgot it. I'm just joking. Good job, Jonathan. Well done. Whoop, that's too bad, isn't it? You got some <laughs> M&Ms. <laughs> All right, very good, guys. Well done. Let's do some candy throwing. Heads up, guys. Everybody got a l- Pay attention. That section back there. This section here. Guys, in Family Sunday series, always be looking at me. (laughs) Otherwise, you're gonna get a snicker on the forehead and it won't feel good. Here we go, heads up. Way in the back there. Here we go, these are all heavy, so be ready. All right, heads up here. And then that row there, back way in the back. Here we go. Sarah, watch your face. (laughs) All right, good job. All right, so this This series we're going to do this summer is going to be kind of an interesting one, I think. Uh, We typically cover famous people of the Bible, and we have a kind of a series based on them, like Jesus. You ever heard of Jesus? We did a series on Jesus once. Uh, Last year, we did David. We've done Moses. We've done all the heroes in the Old Testament, like Noah and all those people there. Um, But we talk about famous people of the Bible, and we learn from their lives. But this summer, we're going to do something different. We're going to be looking at some not so famous people of the Bible. And we're gonna learn from their lives. Uh, We're gonna be talking about people who we've probably never heard about before. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but uh, I think for the most part, we're gonna be talking about people who are hardly ever talked about. Uh, Most of the people we're talking about only have one or maybe two verses about them. So it's gonna be super interesting to try to preach a sermon on such a small little quantity but that will be fun, and I think we can truly learn valuable lessons from them, Um, and so we're gonna try that, and hopefully that's what will happen. Um, So let's learn from some not so famous people of the Bible. Now I will say, in this summer series, we will have an array of people preaching. You're not just gonna be stuck with me, okay? We have uh, Pastor Josh is gonna be preaching, you know him, he's kind of a regular up here, Uh, but guess who else is gonna preach? Mr. Kirk, Pastor Kirk is here. He's not just a pretty face who sings; he can preach too. So he's going to preach. Uh, our studly youth pastor, Jake Andrus, is going to preach. Uh, John Newman, Pastor John, our care pastor, he's going to preach his second sermon here. Uh, so that'll be this summer. And then, do you guys remember Logan? The young guy who became a pastor in Iowa, he's coming up to visit. He wanted to preach for one of the, the weeks, so he's going to be preaching. And we have a special intern who is serving with us this summer. His name is Noah Meissner, and he is going to be preaching his first sermon at his own church. So that will be a lot of fun. But today you're stuck with me, and uh, I'm preaching today. So today we're going to learn about a guy by the name of Jabez. Jabez. Has anybody heard of the name A guy named Jabez? Okay, a few of you. Does anybody have the name Jabez in here? No? You would have gotten 20 pieces of candy. Okay, well, there isn't a whole lot in the Bible about Jabez, but this is the guy we're going to look at today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Okay, 1 Chronicles is in the front part of the Bible, so go into the front and just kind of start uh, going through it, and you'll find it. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and it starts off in verse 1. It says, the descendants of Judah, Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobal. Reiah, son of Shobal, was the father of Jahath, and Jahath was the father of Ahumai and Lahad, these were the clans of the Zorathites. These were the sons of Edom, Jezreel, Ishma, and Idbash. Their sister was named Has a Little Pony. So I think she had a little pony. <laughs> she must have gotten a pony at some point. And, like, let's just call her Has a Little Pony. So, I mean, am I not right? That's how you pronounce that Has a Little Pony. Verse 4, Penuel was the father of Gedor, and Ezra, the father of Hushah. These were the descendants of Hur, the firstborn of Epaphrathah, and father of Bethlehem. Isn't that interesting? I guess somebody's name was Bethlehem, and that's what that city was named after, that Jesus was born in. Ashur, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Hila and Naara. Naara bore him Ahuzam, and Hefer, and Temani, and Hashatari, these were the descendants of Nara, the sons of Hila, Zereth, Zohar, Ethan, and Kuz, who was the father of Anub, and Hazubiba, and the clans of Aharel, son of Harum. And at this point, you guys are like, Luke, I thought you said these summer series were going to be interesting. Okay, because this is not interesting. This is just a bunch of names. And you would be right. This is what we call a genealogy. A genealogy is a list of people being traced from an ancestor. Now, according to this passage, who is the ancestor? Anybody? Judah is the ancestor, and now it's tracing it down. Okay, like, for instance, does anyone here know the name of their great, 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 great grandfather? Four greats. Does anybody know the name of their great, 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 great grandfather? We do have somebody. Somebody. I thought I would stump someone here today, but I guess not. What's his name? Eugene Finnegan. Eugene Finnegan. I love it. Does anybody else know? Yeah. Rachel? Okay. I think I'm in the right generation, but. You could say any name, Rachel, and we'd probably go with it. <laughs> yeah. okay. Okay. Walter Fritz. Walter Fritz? Yes. Awesome. That's your four greats. Well done, that's awesome. Well, this is the reason why there's genealogies because only two people in a crowd of 300 people know their great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, okay? Genealogies, we can pull them out and go, oh, okay, Ahuzurabi was my great-great-great-grandfather and that's, you know the name. That's what they did back then. Now this genealogy was very, very important. Does anybody know why? It was the lineage of royalty. It was the lineage of the kings of Israel. And guess who? We talked about him last summer. Guess who was in this lineage? David was. And also, not only that, someone, the most famous person in the Bible was part of this lineage as well. Anybody? Jesus. Exactly. So Jabez apparently was related to Jesus. So this genealogy was very, very important. Now, as I was saying, these verses are all about names. We see all these names, father of so-and-so and son of so-and-so, just a bunch of names and kind of weird names, if I might add. And like I said, it is a bit boring. But then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in the midst of this genealogy, comes these verses in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. It's kind of like out of nowhere, this gets plopped right in. Some dude named Jabez gets announced, and it's not just his name, it says this little thing about him, which I think is kind of strange. Just kind of strange how it pops in there. Out of this crowd of people, Jabez gets singled out. He's the one who stands out in this crowd of genealogies. Nobody remembers all the other names, but Jabez we do remember, because God apparently wants to make mention of him, and so he makes sure that Jabez is mentioned in these couple of verses. And here are these couple of verses talking about him. Two verses about a man who stands out from all the rest of the people. And I want us to be able to learn from him today. Um, we want to learn from Jabez what it means to stand out of a crowd. And so let's get at it. First of all, does anybody know what the name Jabez actually means? Here's what it means. It means to cause pain. To cause pain. His mother gave him that name. She gave him that name because when she gave birth to him, she endured a lot of pain. He caused her a lot of pain. And apparently, he caused her so much pain, she never wanted to let him forget. So she decides to give the little boy the name Jabez to cause pain. Now, I know here in America, we often just choose names for how they sound. We like the sound of a name. Okay, like we're like, I got a little girl, and what do you think about the name Brooke? Oh, I love the name Brooke. Oh, Brooke, 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 Brooke. Oh, it's just beautiful. Let's name her Brooke. I love the way it sounds. How about my little boy? What what, what do you think of the name Luke? (laughs) Kind of rhymes with puke, so I don't like that. Now, you laugh at that, but that's what my grandma told my mom after she named me she says we named our third born Luke and she wrote in the letter back she goes oh the only word i can think of is it rhymes with puke so good luck with that <laughs> guess what i was called by many of my friends all throughout high school puke yeah one kid actually every time he saw me he's like hey that's that's how he would call me so we like the sounds of a sound of a name and so we either, either we like it we go with it if we don't like it but back then names In the Bible, they gave names to impart identities. Names had meanings. Like, for instance, there's a prophet by the name of Elijah. Elijah means Jehovah is my God. Now, Elijah happened to be living in a time of Israel where it was incredibly wicked. They were worshiping all pagan gods, gods of the pagan Gentile nations, and the king, King Ahab and Jezebel were running the nation. It was horribly wicked, but everywhere Elijah went, When they called him, they had to say, hey, Jehovah is my God. And they declared a truth that was powerful. Pretty interesting. I think that's cool. Names are powerful for good or for bad. So that being the case, guys, we need to be very careful how we give people names. Like I said, names impart identities. They really do. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about names like Billy or Tom or Sally. I'm talking about names that we throw at people when we say mean things to them. So kids in the room, and adults even as well. When you're at school and you're at the playground or you're playing with your friends or you're at work, wherever any of us are, whenever you call someone a bad name, you need to understand that you are causing a lot of hurt and a lot of damage. Why? Because names have power. Don't do it. Don't cause people damage by what you say. The word of God tells us that our tongue is meant to be used for blessing, not cursing. And every time we call someone stupid, we're giving them a name. Every time we we say to someone, you're not gonna amount to anything, we're giving them a name. Every time we say someone is dumb or useless, we're giving them a name. And that name can bring severe destruction in that person's life. You tell a kid that he's stupid or worthless or, or, or whatever long enough, they're gonna believe it and the next thing you know, they're gonna live out that damage in their life. Don't do it. It's terrible. I remember hearing a story of a young girl who she went to college and um, she was super smart and she worked hard all semester to, to have really good grades and she came back and on her grading report, she had all A's except for two Bs. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty good, you know, coming back from college. And she came to her father, and he goes, what's these two Bs? Are you not even applying yourself here at college? What's going on? You need to get these Bs to A's. And so she just walked away like, oh, I thought he was gonna be excited and proud of me. So she went back, and then next semester, she worked, and she worked, and she worked, and she worked at college, and she came back with straight A's on her report card, and she was so excited, and she shows it to her dad. She says, hey, dad, look it. And guess what he said? Well, apparently the college you're going to isn't worth much because it must be too easy for you. You need to go to college, it's actually hard. And she walked away and she went, you know what? Forget it then. Apparently, I will never amount up to anything. And her life got tanked after that. Because a father imparted a name. Well, back then, in the Bible, at birth, children were given names that either brought power or names that brought a burden. And it is my opinion, once again it's my opinion, that Jabez was given a name that was a burden to carry. It's like she's like, let me tell you little sucker, you caused me a lot of pain, so I'm gonna call you he who causes pain. And so everyone, hey, meet my son, causes pain. Causes pain, come, you know, eat your, your, come to the breakfast table. Causes pain, clean up your bedroom. Causes pain, make sure you're back at five. Causes pain, do this, do that. I mean, honestly, being called that over and over and over again, I'm sure it took its toll on Jabez. You would start to feel like you're just a pain to everyone. I mean, here's a guy that you really wouldn't want to invite to your birthday party. Like, Mom, do I, I don't want to invite he who causes pain to my birthday party. He's going to ruin it. He lived with that little mantle on him. I mean, think about it, Jabez could never become a doctor, I mean, can you imagine, well, welcome to my office, I'm doctor he who causes pain, what do we got going on here, <laughs> ah, thank you Jabez, and, and to an extent I kind of know the feeling, I could never be a doctor even if I wanted to, nobody would come to Dr. Die. They <laughs> wouldn't make any business. But that's what Jabez's mother did, and whether she knew it or not, in a sense, she was not only reminding him of his past, she was, in a sense, establishing him a future. She had, in a real sense, set Jabez up to be a cause of pain for everyone who knew him. She was, in a sense, determining where he would stand. But notice, Jabez did not let his name dictate the man he became. In verse nine, it says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. You see that? Jabez could have been like, you know what? I guess I'm just a pain. I guess everywhere I go, I'm just gonna cause pain and that's just who I am, so I'm gonna embrace it. I'm gonna bring the pain wherever I go. Here we go, bring the pain. But that isn't what he did. He rejected that stamp placed on him and he chose to live an honorable life. Jabez understood one of the key factors of standing out in a crowd. He understood that the prophecies of our parents and the prophecies of our peers and the prophecies of our professors and of our parents, they're not, we're not bound by what they expect of us. With God's grace and with God's power, we can step out of the molds that everyone else has set for us and we can decide to be what God wants us to be, amen? Amen. No matter what anyone else has done to us or said about us, we can be different. And Jabez refused to be a cause of pain. He planned to be blessed. And if blessed, he would be a blessing to all those around him. So he was more honorable than his brothers. Here's the lesson I want us to learn from Jabez. Don't let anyone tell you who you are or what you are. Only let God do that. If you want to stand out in a crowd, let me tell you something. Don't let the crowd tell you where you're supposed to be standing. God will direct that. Trust me, in this world, the world will over and over try to tell you where you must be standing. It will try to tell you who you are. It will try to tell you what you're supposed to be doing, what you're supposed to wear, what you're supposed to look like, how you're supposed to talk, everything. The world wants to own you. Don't let it. Stand out of the crowd. Stand out from it. And the way you can do that is only let God tell you who you are and what you are. He's the only one who gets to tell you that. And when you choose to live that out, what he says is true of you, that will cause you to stand out. The next thing in the verse is this. In verse 10 he says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Now this is the prayer of Jabez. And I know there are several directions you could go with this prayer. Many books and scholars try to tear apart every request that he makes and try to figure out how we can apply it to our lives and how we can get answers too and that's great, Uh, I'm good. We're not gonna do that today. I want us to look at this prayer differently this morning if we could, and I'm not going to pick apart every request he makes, but I want us to see something different. You see, Jabez, he, he knew that he wanted something. He knew he didn't want to live under the stamp that his mother had given him. He wanted his life to count. He wasn't just going to be part of the crowd. He wasn't just gonna be a person who went around and caused people pain. He wanted his life to mean something. He wanted his territory to be increased. So what did Jabez do? He went to the God of Israel and he prayed. If you wanna stand out in a crowd, get down on your knees. Become a man of prayer. Become a woman of prayer. Here's where I think is so important that we grasp. You see, when God wanted to let us know about Jabez, he didn't tell us about the property he owned. He's like, ah, oh, Jabez, man, that guy, he owned 20 acres of the most primo land everywhere. It was awesome. He didn't say that. He didn't tell us about Jabez's family, like, yeah, he was part of like royalty, this amazing family. Didn't say that. It didn't even tell us about Jabez's physical stature. It wasn't like, Jabez was jacked, man. He was ripped, he was a stud. It doesn't tell us any of that. What it says, when God wanted to single Jabez out and tell us about him, what he tells us is that Jabez was a praying man. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And he was probably more honorable for many reasons, but for one main reason is because he was a man of prayer. He went to the God of Israel and he cried out to him, and that, in my opinion, makes him an honorable man. Now, this was not Jabez treating God like a little genie in a bottle, like give me three wishes, God. No, he was going to the true source of all good things. In the context of his mother's prophecy over him, that stamp that he was given, the fact that he makes this request from God demonstrates the mindset of Jabez. It demonstrates that he wasn't willing to stand still. He was heading somewhere. He had goals for an enlarged territory. Like I said, he wanted his life to count. He has goals and he wants to set out to achieve those goals and he realizes he can't do this on his own. He needs God. And that's where I feel like so many people fail. We try to do everything on our own. We we try to use our own intelligence, our own power, our own success. We want to prove to everyone that we can do it. We want to get all the credit. And so we go about everything alone. And that's how the world does things. Make a name for yourself. Do it your way. That's the world's mantra. Jabez didn't go that route. What did he do? He went to the God of Israel, and he cried out to him. And look what he asked for. He says, oh, that you would bless me. He sees that blessing only comes from the Lord. So he cries out for it. He says, oh, that you would enlarge my territory. He sees that success only comes from the Lord, and so he cries out for it. He says, let your hand be on me. He understands that, that only God's direction, only, only true direction comes from God. And that, that phrase might be a little confusing to us, but kind of picture, you remember parents when our kids were little, and they, you're walking on a sidewalk, and you're holding their hand, what do they typically do? me do it and they just want to walk alone and that's all fine and dandy and until you get to a place where there's danger and there's cars coming by or there might be big potholes where they could fall in and when they get to when you get to a place with that's danger a lot of danger all around with your kids what do you do as parents what do you do you grab their hand because you're like, I'm going to protect this little one. And you take them and you're holding them. And if they run out into the traffic, you yank them back. And when you come to a pothole, you lift them over it. And they love that part. And you know, you, you're just always protecting them because your hand is on them. That's what Jabez was asking for God, may your hand be upon me. He goes on to say, <clears throat> Where am I? I'm really lost. <laughs> Or he says, only God, only you can direct me, only you. And then he says, only you can keep me from harm. You see, when God's hand is on us, he keeps us from harm, just like as parents do with their kids. It's like teaching kids to ride bikes. Fathers, do you remember teaching your your kids to ride bikes? Remember that? It's terrifying and exhausting. Because when they're riding their bike, what are you doing? You're like, (laughs) You know, you run along with them, and when you see them going, and they're going to crash into a tree, what do you do? Do you save the bike? No, usually you grab their body, you rip them off the bike, and the bike goes, and falls to the ground. But you have rescued them. You have saved them from harm, and that's what Jabez is asking God to do. This is what Jabez is asking God to do for him. True blessing only comes from the Lord, so he's asking God for his blessing. True success only comes from the Lord, so he's asking God for success. True direction only comes from the Lord, so he's asking God for direction, and true protection only comes from the Lord. So he's asking God for protection. It's an amazing prayer, in my opinion. God, only you can bless me. Only you can help me succeed. Only you can direct me, and only you can protect me. So I'm coming to you, and I'm asking you to meet my needs in these areas. Now, there's something else that I want you to see about this prayer. Everybody, look at this prayer. Kind of study it for a few seconds. Tell me, what is something that stands out to you about this prayer? It was, it was granted. That's a great answer. What else about this prayer? His name's what? That's a great, yeah, that's a good point. I'm not going to talk about it, but it notices take away the pain. That's a great one. Jonathan? Cut straight to the chase, exactly. What, what does Jonathan mean by that? Is this a super long prayer? No, it's crazy short. It's two sentences. I mean, Jabez is the dude you want to have pray at your Thanksgiving meal before you eat. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? You sit down to the meal and grandma and mom, they put this nice steaming hot turkey there and hot potatoes and the jello's nice and firm because it just came out of the fridge and they're like, great grandpa Tom, could you pray? And he's the spiritual patriarch of the family and he's like, Lord, we pray for the missionaries in Asia and in Africa and he goes to this long list and you're kind of looking at the turkey, the steam's disappearing, <laughs> the, the jello's melting. You're like, oh my land. Jabez, on the other hand, Everything would be fresh as a daisy because he's just like, all right, two sentences. that This prayer is incredibly short and incredibly sweet. And I think sometimes we like to pray long prayers and we feel like it's more spiritual to do so. If we pray a super long prayer and we use super fancy speech and we, like to remind, we almost like to remind God of what he's like and who he is, and if we do that, he might hear us better. Like, God, we know that you are good. We know that you are forgiving. We know that you are a giver of all good things. God, we know that you are this. We know that. And I sometimes wonder if God's like, just get to the point. Just ask me. I know what you're going to ask before you ask. Well, Jabez doesn't beat around the bush. Like Jonathan said, he cuts right to the chase. He doesn't pray this long kind of prayer. Now, guys, I'm not saying that long prayers are bad. Of course they aren't. That isn't my point. My point is this. Jabez prayed a two-sentence prayer to the God of Israel, and God answered that prayer. You know what that tells me? God and Jabez knew each other. They had a relationship. And when you have a relationship with someone, you don't have to coerce. You don't have to trick. You don't have to entice. You don't have to butter up. You don't have to do anything. You simply ask And that's what Jabez did. He and God knew each other. And he knew that only God can provide true blessing. Only God can provide true success. Only God can provide true direction and true protection. So he asked God for all four things. And God says, yes. This tells me they knew each other. This tells me that this wasn't the only time Jabez ever prayed. This wasn't a one and done sort of deal. Jabez and God knew each other and they talked. Jabez is one of the not so famous people in the Bible. He's hardly ever mentioned, hardly even mentioned. But when he is mentioned, he's mentioned that he's a man of prayer. And that in my book makes Jabez great. A great man. He knew God. He talked to God. He petitioned God. And God answered. And I love that. Fathers in the room, I want to encourage you to become, like Jabez, men of prayer in your families. You want to be a father who stands out in your family, stands out in your group of relatives, be a man who prays. Cry out to God for blessing for your family. Cry out to God for success in your family. Cry out to God for direction in your family. And cry out to God for protection in your family you could not do a greater thing for your family. So let's do it, fathers. Let me ask you something, second service. If your name was being mentioned in a long line of genealogies, what would you stand out for in the crowd? Or would you just be another name? But if you did stand out, what would it be for? Would it be that you were a man or woman of God? Would it be that you were a man or woman of prayer? Man, I hope so. That is what we can learn from Jabez. While Jabez is not that famous, let me tell you, he is great. He's great because he lived a life of dependence on God. And that is mainly what he is known for. And I don't know about you, but I sure wouldn't mind being remembered for that. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jabez. I thank you that even in just these two little verses, we can learn about a man who depended on you. He went to the true source of all good things, and that was you. And he cried out to you, and God, you answered. God, you are a God who has not changed. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And you are a God who answers your children's prayer. God, may we become men and women who pray, boys and girls who pray. And We, we trust that you will teach us to become those things. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Amen. Guys, love you very, very much. Fathers, on your way out, grab a little Jelly Belly beans. Uh, I don't know what that's supposed to entail, Jelly Belly here, but uh, you're supposed to grab one on the way out. Love you guys. Have a great day.